you're in the monthly cadence, you're reviewing. Accounting is looking backwards, right? It's all historical information. So you're reviewing with your bookkeeper. If you don't have a plan or a forecast in place, it's like, okay, now what? Right? Did we hit our numbers? Are we behind? Are we ahead? Like you kind of mentioned. And if you don't have those in place, you're you're not going to know. You're just kind of just going along and wherever the wind takes you, right? So if you don't have a plan to execute on, you're not going to be able to make the strategic adjustments to hit your forecast. Welcome to Change for Your Dollar, a podcast where we have real conversations exploring the burdens and blessings around money and faith. I'm your host, John Putnam. After two decades as a financial advisor and almost 20,000 conversations with people just like you, I noticed that money has a sneaky way of getting between us and God. And whether you have a lot of money or a little, your mindset around money affects your relationship to God and your life. Listen, friends, money's not bad, but it's also not easy. So let's explore together how to align your money choices with your faith, using money as a tool with God as your guide. Because I believe you can love God, have money, use it wisely, and boldly live a faithful life. Hey, everybody, John Putnam here. Welcome to Change for Your Dollar today. And we are talking about three problems that business owners face that could be avoided. But whether or not you're a business owner, or maybe you've got a side hustle, or maybe you've got a part-time job, you will really get a lot out of this. I am so glad you're with me today. And let me start out the show by introducing you to my friend, Jared Souza. Jared, it is great to have you here today. It is always a pleasure to speak with you. You too as well, man. I just so enjoy our friendship and I know it's going to be a real treat for everyone, but let me tell everybody a little bit about you so they know who they're listening to today. So Jared is a consummate professional. He's been in the CFO seat um, for over 10 years with direct-to-consumer brands in the e-commerce space. Because Jared has got incredible knowledge, not only finance, but also in the data and marketing analytics that has helped companies scale, I mean, like 10x from like 4 million to 40 million in four years. And that is not done by accident. His last role was with Michael Hyatt and company as their CFO. And it was an incredible fit, but he really felt led to start his own firm. And that's where the scale method was born. And He's providing virtual CFO services to e-commerce brands primarily, and he works with companies that are doing between, say, 3 to $20 million in top-line revenue that are also looking to scale, but they just don't know what levers they need to pull, what paths they need to walk down, you know, what they need to put into place to really achieve that. And when these companies try to achieve those kind of objectives, just like we do in our personal lives, they bump into a few barriers. So I asked Jared, I said, hey, man, what would be sort of the top three areas that businesses bump into that could be avoided that you see time and time again? And that's what he's going to share with us today. So Jared, where do we start with the first issue that these business owners bump into. Yes, sir. So that was a 
amazing intro, by the way. I think Thank you are, very much. Those are big shoes to fill, whoever you were talking about there. So <laughs> we'll see what we can do. So, yeah, you know, when you asked me to be on this podcast, I, I figured it would just be good to hit on some of the high level variables that I see with solopreneurs or coaches or consultants when they're starting out and how to get that solid financial foundation. Because if you don't get that from the start, it's going to be a lot more expensive to fix it later in terms of just actual cost of an accountant to come in or in terms of the profitability of your business or the ability to scale because you don't really know the true numbers of your business, right? So Yes, absolutely. So on the number one, I guess, issue that I see is people trying to do it themselves. And there's okay. a few different things that come from that, right? So to resolve this, I would say get a bookkeeper as soon as possible. They're worth their weight. The ROI is there. In fact, when I was at Michael Hyatt Company and I had a conversation with Michael, when people have become successful or grown a business, I go back to the start of and asking them questions. What was the mindset? What helped you break through this chasm, right? Because a lot of people don't get through that. One of the number one things he said was he wished he would have hired a finance person earlier to get out of the weeds, mm. right? So there's a few things that happen. One is if you're not trained in accounting, you could be doing it wrong, right? You know, typically, you, know, you might be operating out of your bank account. Number two, when you're leading your company, when you're trying to grow your company, if you're staying down here in the weeds, it's hard to then get up to 30,000 feet and cast that vision, of, right? Yes, and so, absolutely. And so in order to scale, to grow your company, you need to let somebody else handle that for you, get out of the weeds, get out of the daily transactions and get to that 10, 20, 30,000 foot and cast the vision for your company. Yeah. But you know, scripture talks about in an abundance of counselors, plans, succeed, right? And so often, you know, if we don't have the wisdom ourselves to bring it in from the outside is, again, is that something we don't do soon enough? See this in personal lives as well. People try to do too much of it themselves rather than bringing in a professional advisor and right. they just don't make the progress that they think that they should be able to make. So God, right. what great wisdom there. And, and, and trust me, I still do this in my life, right? Like even for my own business, there's a bunch of softwares out there. So I might try to design a logo for my business. And I'm just like, oh, I, you know, I can do this pretty quickly. And it's like, no, just have somebody else do it. That's a professional that can do it way better than you. Right. Just, it's, yes. it's worth, worth of the, the investment. So, yes. And look in startup mode, that is knowing when to pull that lever, as you said, is really part of the secret because so many times in startup, You've got to wear all those hats, right? You've got to sure. do all the basics that you can. But as soon as you can get to that next level, I just love the thoughts to get out of the weeds That's true. and to focus more on working on the business, working rather than in the business. Exactly. Okay. That's solid as a rock. Off to yep. a great start. <laughs> what right, else should here, we be thinking about? Here we go. So number two would be to be in a routine to review your financials, right? So- if number one isn't figured out, you're doing the bookkeeping yourself, then you never take the time to take a step back and like actually analyze the higher level KPIs of your business, the revenue, the cost of goods sold, right? Your gross margin, right? But if you have somebody else doing this and you can get into cadence, which I would recommend minimum of a monthly to review the previous month, to review year to date, need to have that cadence on your calendar and strictly adhere to that. Don't avoid that, right? A lot of people will just feel like they're doing well in business and be like, oh, we can skip this month. And it's like, no, stay in that routine, make it a habit, review your financials. 
I would say a minimum of every month. Some of our clients, we send out a weekly report, but it's just a, a sales overview, right? Because you can't get to the expenditures and profitability. So it's at least showing them how they're trending on the sales side. But in terms of reviewing the totality of the financials, it's on a monthly basis. Okay. And I find that, you know, when you review on a monthly basis, at least at a minimum, you know, so many times people are maybe better than they think they are and they're surprised by that or they're exactly where they think they are, which gives them confidence or maybe they're not as good as they think they are and it gives them the information that they need to make it change faster so it doesn't right. compound over time. That's right. That's exactly right. And, you know, we tend to forget because we're not paying with cash these days, right? It's just swiping right. the cards or it's online. And by the time your financials are closed, it might be the 10th of the next month where you forgot about a charge the first of the previous month, right? And then when you're reviewing your financials, you're like, oh, yeah, I made this investment in my company. Like cash flows kind of hurting a little bit right now, but that investment will pay out, right? But like it's bringing everything to the forefront where you can make those decisions. I see a lot where people will sign up for services that are reoccurring, forget about it. And so you want to make sure that you're reviewing that as well, pop up and get rid of any expenditures that you're not really utilizing anymore. Yeah. And that's even another sub tip in this is to pay attention to those reoccurring charges, yeah. right? That you may or may not even be using anymore. Right. The yeah. biggest one, we're going to flip personal, right? Is like when sure. you do it on your phone. And it's flowing, like you have to go to settings and then like Apple pay, like they make it so hard to figure out how you cancel these services. So anyways, I'm still guilty of that as well. Yes, just paying attention to it. And back in what you just said about personal, back to that idea, not in a routine to review, not in a cadence to review, same thing happens right. in our personal lives and just having a time set aside on a monthly basis just to take a look. Right. And review where you've been. And and I believe that is an excellent segue into number three, which sort of lays the foundation for number two. That's right. So number three is not having a plan. Some would call it a budget. I don't really like the term budget. As not, John, the you B, have... not the B word. <laughs> yeah. Come on. It's, it seems so restricting to me. It's very accounting driven. I like the term forecast, right? So we're looking forward to where we're going. Um, I like that. But when we don't have that in place, so let's say you have a bookkeeper that's taking care of your financials, you're in the monthly cadence, you're reviewing. Accounting is looking backwards, right? It's all historical information. So you're reviewing with your bookkeeper. If you don't have a plan or a forecast in place, it's like, okay, now what? Right? Did we hit our numbers? Are we behind? Are we ahead? Like you kind of mentioned. And if you don't have those in place, you're, you're not going to know. You're just kind of just going along and wherever the wind takes you, right? So if you don't have a plan to execute on, you're not going to be able to make the strategic adjustments to hit your forecast. Yes. And I still bump into business owners who don't operate off of a budget, Yep, which is fascinating to me because in businesses, I see it much more often where people have sort of the basics in place you know, so often in the personal world, we don't see a lot of these basics in place, but in business, you know, to have this forecast, so you've got something to compare to, are we better than we thought? Are we where we thought, or are we behind where we thought so we can keep aware of this and making good choices? That's exactly right. Because if you get to the end of the month 
and you don't know where you're headed or what you're trying to achieve, what adjustments are you going to make, right? There's nothing there. So those are the top three that I see that, you know, issues with business owners that they could fix relatively easily. Yes, I, I love that where the control is really in their hands, that when we can focus on the things that we can control, just seems it gets a lot easier. doesn't guarantee success, right? but it sure does get us in a much better position for it. And I love just the commonality between your business advice for these companies. And just as I'm hearing you, the personal guidance and coaching you know that, that individuals need to hear about mm. bringing in professionals, about having a cadence, about having your budget, your forecast in place. I love that. That's a great way to phrase it. And, you know, so I also find that, you know, there are a lot of conversation these days about people call it a side hustle. Mm. But, you know, I think it's fascinating. People call it a side hustle. We used to call them part-time jobs. (laughs) (laughs) But side hustle sounds so much cooler. But, you know, same thing here that, you know, a lot of people have second jobs, second opportunities that they're looking to create additional cash flow. And the same items apply about, you know, making sure you do it right off the bat, having a cadence to review, making sure you've got a forecast, little things like this to help make that more successful as well, to make sure that it is reasonable and you're making the progress that you want to make. Yeah, that's exactly right. In fact, this last weekend, I was telling you, John, that I went to an event here in Nashville, a lot of e-commerce brand ad agencies. And I was fascinated by one gentleman there. I'm not going to mention his company, but he started in 2017 with a product that was selling on Etsy. And so what I would deem as maybe a side hustle, right? When you're selling on Etsy, I don't, maybe it was his full blown, but it started in 2017. He started selling on Etsy. He now has within five years, manufacturing facility. I mean, his company is huge, huge, started selling on Etsy, but, and and I'm saying that because of what you just talked about. Like if it's a side hustle, like you never know where the potential is for your company to go, for your side hustle to go, for your part-time work to go. Right. So still treat it like a business, get solid, you know, foundations in place that then you can springboard off of and grow it. If those are your aspirations, or if not, if it's just to be a side hustle, then you know, Absolutely. there's nothing wrong with that at all. Absolutely. And yeah. listen, God's got incredible wisdom, you know, for all of this, for, you know, wise counsel and being in a routine to review and, you know, who wouldn't sit down to count the cost before they build a tower. I mean, mm-hmm. all of these items, I just love the, I just love the synergies that you share with scripture. Jared, buddy, thank you for those. You know, one of the areas that I like to talk about here before I let you go today is I drop in this little segment with people I get to interview like you called money and me, Mm -hmm. because, you know, money is one of these topics that, you know, just from a personal standpoint, we just don't talk about that much. It's a little bit of a taboo topic. So I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions, if if I may. The first one is, Is there some financial wisdom or experience that has proven useful to you that others might could benefit from? Mm. Yeah. So there's my wife's grandfather. So my grandfather-in-law, who is one of the best leaders that I've ever worked for. He owned an industry. I just love him to death. But he, in his lifetime, has sold two companies. And after he was bivocational... He was preaching, 
he was a preacher and, and worked for his company. So wow. I don't know which one of those would have been the side hustle, but <laughs> anyways, God used them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Preaching's a great side hustle. Um, yeah, yeah. but, um, a great you one. know, after he sold his first company, what, you know, some of the advice again, was I was asking him just kind of the things as he was going through was he quickly realized that money leaves really fast when there's nothing coming in. And it seems logical. It seems really logical when you, when I say that out loud. But for me, what that meant was throughout your life, whether that's through investments, through your business, it's better to have that steady cash flow coming in than just a big windfall, right? Of money. One time. Right. Sure. At least for me, that's how I deem that because then you can, you know, if you have a big windfall of cash coming in and then all of a sudden you get and you go, I've only got two months left. Now you got to go start just trying to figure out like, what's the next, how am I going to get another windfall? And so whether that's through your business, whether that's through investments, but that was just, you know, one thing that always stood out to me that he had mentioned from his experience in life. That is so good, man. Thank you for that. Money leaves fast when nothing's coming in. Yeah. And again, you say that it's just one of those things that seems logical, but when you really start just letting that dwell, it changes your perspective on how you potentially set up businesses, how you set up terms, how you structure business. So, Yeah, man, very thoughtful. Okay, question number two. So when it comes to money moments and how people use money, usually some moments come a little more naturally than others. Others can be a little more challenging. So when it comes to money, what sort of comes naturally to you, Jared? Yeah, I'm naturally a saver of money. Okay which there's pros and cons to that, right? So a natural saver, at least for me, is I'll hoard it in my bank account. It'll just sit there. It makes me feel safe. It makes me feel secure that, you know, I've got, if I, like it goes below this certain amount, I'm like, whoa, 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 what's happening here? We got <laughs> we to gotta get that back up. But what that can do, it's good on some fronts, but what that can do is cause me not to make strategic investments, right? It, I want to make sure that this is here. So yeah, I'm naturally a saver. When I got married, my wife was not, which is interesting. I'm going to get really personal here now, John. We're going to we're going to kind of go down. So, we went to marriage counseling. We just felt like we had a good marriage. We want a great marriage. And so, counseling was fantastic, but what I realized is because I've always been a saver, I never had to have a personal budget because I kind of knew, right? Like where I needed to be. But for her, it made her feel insecure not having a budget. And for me, it's almost like, that's the last thing I want to do. This is what I do for companies, right? I don't want to come home and do this personally, right? And like, once I heard that, it was like more of an emotional issue for her about security than that kind of forced, I, I shouldn't say forced my hand. I was, I was glad, but then I got that in place for her because I didn't need that for myself. I can keep track, but yeah, there you go. We went down a little bit deeper than probably I thought, but. Well, I appreciate you sharing that because, again, I find that husbands and wives, they have different beliefs and behaviors. They grew up differently. Mm. They have different challenges. And that's what makes it so difficult to get on the same page. So the foresight that you all had to go to counseling, talk through it, figure it out. And it's interesting, right, because you do this for companies all the time. When it was just you, you could keep it all in your head because right. it's just what you do. You right. had a budget. You know, I say whether it's on paper or on your bank's platform or on an app, you need it somewhere. 
Yeah. You know, all of us aren't as gifted to keep our budgets in our head, but it was also probably a lot simpler when it was just you. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But to actually come in and to bring your wife into the conversation and for you all to figure this out together, there's yeah. a secret sauce there that I wish more people would follow. And one of the areas that you brought up around saving or the topics you brought up around saving, you know, so often I think we can put our security in the balances of what you just said. It can turn into hoarding. We can start getting our security there instead of being strategic with it and keeping our eyes on the cross and really keeping our security where it belongs. And so that awareness is the first step, first step in there. For sure. And trust me, God checks me with a two by four upside my head a lot on that one because it's tough for me, right? Like I start to get nervous. I start, but at the end of the day, God takes care of us every single day, right? And it's yes. kind of like Matthew 6.20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rush destroys. And it's like, why can't I just focus on that all the time instead of the things of this world that aren't going with me anyway? But that's a constant battle for me. Well, it's a constant battle for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And brother, I appreciate you sharing it and being vulnerable because I'm sure other people are hearing this and going, man, I wrestle with that too. And Maybe they're encouraged to sit down with their spouse and think about, wow, is counseling necessary and should we go down that road or what might we be missing as we're building this financial future together, right? Two becoming one. What does that look like? So, but I appreciate it. And you automatically answered the third question about what about money is challenging Mm. to you. So that just naturally flowed into that. So I appreciate it so very much. Anything you want to close up with before we bring this in for landing today? Man, I know that we are talking about finances, but you know, marriage is such a big part of our lives. And so if people are thinking about going to counseling, even if you have a great marriage, it just taps into this emotional connection between you and your wife that you didn't think that you had. So anyways, I'm not plugging just if you're considering it, I would, I would highly encourage people to, it, it almost takes your marriage to that, that next stage of being connected. At least that's what it did for us. And so I'm such an advocate for it. If you can find the right counselor. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I'm with you. A friend of mine is a a very gifted counselor and I'm not a counselor as neither you. And so when you have those professionals in your life, right, just like getting in the weeds and bringing in that pro (laughs) number one, we talked about today, you know, but he made this great comment. He said, John, what I love about counseling is he said, "I, I love it because healthy people come to counseling with Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. and to get to that next level. And, you know, with everything that's happening out in culture these days and the focus on mental wellness, which we've needed for so long. Yeah. I appreciate your comments and thoughts, man. And Jared, thank you so much for being with me today. Yeah. I love it. Any chance I have the chance to converse with you, I will take that all the time. Buddy, thank you very much. Thank you all so much for joining us today. You've been listening to Jared Souza, founder of The Scale Method. Jared, if people want to learn more a little bit about where you are or where can they find you? Yeah, so you can just go to thescalemethod.com and you know there's contact information on there. You can schedule a Calendly link if you'd like to jump on a call and you know talk about your situation. I'll always leave you with more value than when you came. So, yeah. What a great promise. Yeah. I already appreciate it so much and Everybody out there in change for your dollar land, I appreciate you being with me today. And my prayer, as always, 
is that our conversation today brought you a little closer to God and a little closer to the plans that he has for you and the financial resources that he has placed in your hands and how you use those wisely in your life to impact the world for him. So thanks so much, and I'll look forward to next time. Thank you for joining me for Change for Your Dollar, where we have real conversations exploring the burdens and blessings around money, faith, and life. For more tools and resources, please visit changeforyourdollar.com. I'm John Putnam. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to being with you again next time.